Welcome to the Business of Security podcast, episode number 11. Your host is Chad Beckman. Today, he will be talking with guest Bob Zukas, CEO of Digital Directors Network and professor at USC Marshall. Now let's get to it. the industry need to start talking about that we're not doing today. Information technology is built on a horrible foundation. If we could sort of redo and start from the beginning, we would be so much better off. If you don't invest in it and keep it running, it will blow up. We also have to be able to go in with solutions, not just problems. We have a long way to go if we're going to win this fight. At the end of the day, educated people are really the best countermeasure against all the threats, the threats, the threats, the threats. Welcome to the Business of Security podcast. Joining me today is Bob Zukas. Uh, he is the CEO of D- Digital Directors Network and also a professor um, at USC, Marshall. Is that correct, Bob? Get it right? Yeah, the, the Marshall School of Business. Fight on. Go Trojans. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for joining and spending a little bit of time uh, today to speak with us. Uh, I thought, you know, the subject that you are really focused on is uh, very relevant. And before we jump in and, and start Getting into that content, I'd like to learn a bit more about your background and um, how did you get your career going and, and what eventually brought you to uh, the Digital Directors Network? Yeah, th- thanks, Chad. Happy to be here. Uh, th- thanks for having me. Um, early part of my career uh, was uh, at PricewaterhouseCoopers. So I spent the uh, first 30 years of my career living and working all over the world, new products, new markets, services. Uh, I built the first payroll application in China. Uh, in the late 80s um, and, and have always been on the leading edge of, of technology and its impact on, on business uh, for our clients and, and helping firm the firm build practices in different markets uh, around the world. Um, retired from PwC in 2012 and started working uh, in the boardroom and talking to the boardroom about technology issues. Facebook was, was going nuts back then and realized boards didn't didn't have the skills, didn't have the competencies to to to, to really understand these issues at depth. So so started a labor of love really uh, through the NACD SoCal chapter, which I'm a board member of uh, the conference board in New York, um, a senior fellow in their in their governance center, and started really an awareness and education uh, campaign to, to to help boards understand the strategic uh, and tactical and risk aspects of, of technology on their industry and their businesses. Um, I teach at USC. I teach strategy, global businesses issues at USC. So this is all kind of converged to, to DDN, which is really a, a board engagement platform and a board education platform to get uh, digital directors onto boards to help directors uh, be smarter about these issues and to, 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 to make uh, digital governance uh, a core competency for, for corporate America. Digital success starts at the top, uh, and we can be doing a much better job at using technology to transform businesses as well as uh, securing them. You know, you recently returned from uh, the big uh, NACD conference in, in D.C. Uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, what was one of the key themes that really resonated with the attendees at that conference? Yeah, well, certainly risk. We had uh, FBI Director uh, uh, Christopher Wray uh, on stage, certainly uh, raising awareness and, uh, around the volatility of this issue, the unpredictability of cyber risk. So, so all board members are, are, are on alert to these issues. And it really felt different this year. It really felt like we'd kind of turned a corner 
where where directors and board members are starting to look for answers now. So so what's the next step? I'm aware of these issues. I'm aware of the threats, the vulnerabilities. I read the headlines. What do I do about it now? Um, so, so, so the thing that I was most pleased with was it feels like we're on that path to, to starting to, to fix some of these problems. When uh, you looked at the knowledge of this subject, uh, cybersecurity, cyber risk, at the board level, at the director level, uh, I think a while back you may have shared some stats, and I don't want to you know, put you on the spot and, and say, hey, what are those stats? But uh, generally speaking, are the majority of directors aware of or educated enough on the topic of cyber risk? Yeah, no, not at all. I did a, uh, uh, we had a panel uh, last week in New York at the conference board and we, we did a, a straw poll of the panelists on a scale of one to 10. What was their opinion of, of where corporate boards were uh, on this issue and the maturity of this issue? And it was, it was around a three, it was around a three to a four. So there's still uh, an enormous amount of, of work to do, which you know takes us back to Digital Directors Network and, and what we're we're trying to facilitate there uh, as a platform for the boards uh, to, to get better at these issues. But uh, we're nowhere near uh, where we need to be. Was that a, a three out of four out of 10? Yeah, that was a, th- a three to four out of 10 on a scale of one to 10. Got it. Got it. Yeah, certainly. And that, was, that, that was the panelist's response. That wasn't my response. Oh, Interesting. Very interesting. So tell us a little bit about what you're building with Digital Directors Network and how you're looking to kind of change the awareness and the education level uh, with directors, board directors. Yeah, it's, it's really the first professional association of, of technology executives uh, working in the corporate boardroom. And so we're curating uh, uh, a group of CIOs, CISOs, tech execs, software execs, services execs that understand uh, technology and the business impacts of technology. Uh, We're curating them, making a professional association, uh, a professional body uh, out of that group. And we're raising the profile of the issues. So we're connecting them with board opportunities We're also reaching out to directors uh, who want to learn about these issues and want to be more digitally competent. Um, So we're making that market. We're we're identifying the people, putting them onto boards, and then once they're on the boards, we're we're teaching them uh, around these issues, how to make digital governance a sustainable part of of what they do for their their jobs as uh, directors. Okay, take us through that a little bit. I'm really curious to learn from the lens of a director, how does one take cyber governance and make this a regular part of the agenda and become more astute at making the right decisions and collecting, more importantly, good enough information and, and, and the right information to make those decisions? Like, what, is, what does that look like if, you know, I'm a new director, I don't know the subject very well. How do you take me through that process? Yeah, well, well, there's three parts to, to being uh, world-class in, in digital governance uh, at the board level. First, it's having the skills and competencies uh, to understand these issues. Second, it's how the board organizes themselves uh, around these issues. And then it's the activities they, they take uh, once they're organized around the issues. Uh, a couple of data points for you. If you look at the S&P 500 
um, 35 of the S&P 500 in their, in their disclosure documents, uh, 35% of those companies make absolutely no disclosure uh, commentary uh, around cybersecurity oversight. They don't mention it. So are they not doing it? Are they just not disclosing it? Uh, but that's a pretty big number that 35% of the S&P 500 make absolutely no mention of cybersecurity oversight disclosure in any of their proxy filings. Uh, if you look at the Dow 30, uh, there are only five companies in the Dow Jones, 30 companies that have a technology committee, and not one of them has a cybersecurity committee. Uh, so clearly there's an issue with how they're approaching it, and clearly there's an issue with the skills and the competencies. So if you're a director sitting on a uh, on an existing board, the first thing you can start to do is learn about these issues, and that's that, that's what we're doing. Cybersecurity awareness training, technology awareness training uh, on DDN is there to take a non-technology-focused uh, director and to get them smarter about these issues. But then the director can start to, to ask questions about how they've organized themselves uh, around these issues. Um, you, you see a lot of boards that are addressing cybersecurity oversight, uh, addressing it through the audit committee. Uh, I think the numbers north of 40% of companies that make disclosure uh, around cyber oversight have it tasked with their audit committee. Uh, Facebook had their audit committee uh, looking out uh, at cybersecurity oversight. In hindsight, maybe that wasn't the best approach. Uh, I don't think it's uh, it's an approach that any company could take. Uh, you know, your audit committee tends to be backwards looking. They're not forward looking. You probably don't have the right skill sets. It dilutes the audit committee's focus. I think most companies need a tech and cybersecurity standalone committee uh, to properly organize themselves and address these issues. And then it's what they're spending their time on, right? What's that agenda look like? Uh, how are they interacting with their management teams uh, around these issues uh, on a recurring basis? So the charter uh, of the audit committee uh, and what they're responsible for and what they're, what they're overseeing and what they're influencing from management's perspective drives, drives the outcomes uh, that you want to see on this issue. So if you, you take a look at a cybersecurity committee, what would you recommend the uh, membership look like for, uh, let's say, a, the average public company? Yeah, I think you'd see three to four people on that committee. Uh, probably two, two to three of them are committee members, certainly one from the audit committee. So you've got multi-committee directors uh, in place. Uh, it depends on the, the general committee structure uh, that a co company has, but you typically see standing committees of, of audit committee, nom and gov committee, uh, and the compensation committee. So I'm proposing that a tech and cybersecurity committee be the fourth standing committee. So you'd see three or four members on that committee, uh, two or three of which have other committee responsibilities across the board because tech and cyber is very much a uh, company-wide issue. So you want to get that cross-pollination uh, of information flowing. And then I think for most boards, you're going to see a new, a new board member. Uh, you're going to see an independent uh, board member added to the board uh, to properly deal with these issues. Now, um, I, I know quite a few people that could cross tick the box for technology and cybersecurity. You might need two people to deal with them both. Um, but, but if you get the right person, uh, you, you can, uh, uh, you know, deal with both sides of that coin through one individual. Let's take a short break and hear a success story from our sponsor, TrustMap, the business management system for security leaders. 
Hey everybody, this is Chad Beckman, uh, CEO of TrustMap, and today joining me is uh, Aaron Pritz. Aaron has spent 17 years in a Fortune 500 pharmaceutical company. Now he runs Reveal Risk. Uh, given his background, Aaron provides a very unique perspective, uh, having managed risk, compliance, privacy, and security strategy across uh, multiple lines of management. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks. Can you give us a, a little bit of uh, background information on uh, how you discovered TrustMap and uh, what you see that is really different about it in the marketplace? Yeah, so I, I personally had a lot of, uh, I would call it pain and suffering from GRC and a lot, a lot of my industry colleagues had uh, represented the same. So I initially found TrustMap and searching for a GRC alternative or better said, uh, an alternative to GRC altogether. Um, and I kind of, uh, I would say, accidentally found TrustMap and really found that it was everything I was hoping to get out of it, out of a GRC, but far more. Um, so I would really use it to si simplify both um, within clients that I work with now, or if I were to ever to go back to a corporate leadership role, um, I use it to evaluate uh, security programs as well as privacy at the asset level, at the program level. Um, I think it would it is a strong input into um, building an improvement strategy and being able to see where you are doing well and where you are not doing well. Uh, and then also measurement and tracking is one of the, uh, I would say, no-brainer things that's sometimes hardest to do. And I think TrustMap provides a, a really good um, angle into being able to measure and track commitments against your investments uh, throughout time. And then uh, most importantly, it really provides a way to communicate um, all of these messages upward to uh, both executive committees and board of directors with some solid um, visual aids and very simple um, ways to display um, progress goals and outcomes. Uh, and ultimately, you can drop two to five million dollars over five years um, and a sizable staff to put in one of the legacy GRC offerings, but to me, I would just use TrustMap uh, for most of everything I would need out of the GRC and everything that GRC doesn't do, which is really um, a lot of the program and maturity measurement and management um, that really allows you to move the ball forward. Great. That's a awesome uh, feedback and perspective uh, based on your experience in the industry. Is there anything else that uh, you'd like to leave our listeners with? in uh, considering a solution to do their job better? Um, I would say focus on business risk. We're in a time right now where a lot of security programs are starting to get funding and starting to um, have to spend money. And that's not a bad thing, but I think without a plan, without a way to figure out where your risks are from a true business standpoint, not, not technology, which is a flaw that a lot of us uh, face in the field, um, but I think really figuring out where you need to go, what you need to do to get there, how you're going to measure it, and know when you get there and what's enough is so critical. Otherwise, um, we will all drown, drown in a sea of, uh, of cybersecurity tools that are half implemented or um, not implemented. I think things like TrustMap are just a, a wave of the future, and we're going to have to, the future is now if we're going to um, rationally spend the money that we're getting. Uh, and most importantly, to reduce risk. Thanks, Aaron. I really appreciate the input and feedback. 
everyone, that was Aaron Pritz uh, with Reveal Risk. And if you want to get a hold of Aaron, Aaron, how can folks reach you? Uh, just go out to revealrisk.com and all of our contact information is there. And uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have any needs. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Remember, listeners of the podcast can schedule a free trial of TrustMap at trustmap.com slash business. Now let's get back to the show. Would it be fair to say that board committees and, and just the, the directors as a whole are, need to go through sort of a, a culture shift to uh, start thinking about it, planning and building a, a kind of digital governance oversight and a, a cybersecurity committee? Yeah, culture's an interesting word, you know, uh, you know, digital tone, digital success starts at the top. So the digital tone at the top, if the board and the C-suite is it confident and conversant around these issues, uh, you know, I think that definitely has has a cultural impact on the organization. Um, so, so you have to have these skills and these competencies and you have to lead from the top around these issues. Uh, so, so, so yes, I think it is very much a cultural shift for those board members and for the organization as a whole. But it's also, you know, there's an awareness component, right? There's an awareness and education and a training component because this is a new domain for most people at that level. But but it's, you know, it is something that they can learn. It is something uh, that, that, that they can uh, develop skills and competencies around. Uh, they just haven't done it in the past because because they weren't digital natives and and they didn't think that they needed it but you know clearly every company is heavily influenced certainly by cybersecurity uh, if not you know the transformative impacts of technology and how it creates and shapes value for their customers and in their markets so so this is kind of a one-on-one thing um, uh, for most boards this is evolving very much into table stakes what do you see that that uh, adoption rate looking like based on, you know, just preliminary conversations or data that you have available. Do you believe that most companies, let's start with the public companies first, as you know, some private companies may be already doing this today. Uh, perhaps large, largely, uh, many are not yet. Uh, but what do you see the adoption curve looking like? Is it going to be, you know, perhaps, over the next uh, 12 months, we see 20% adoption, um, you know, uh, based on the gaps you disclose, like, for example, the S&P having a 35% of the companies not having, uh, disclosing anything about cybersecurity. Do we see that gap exponentially narrowing or is that uh, going to take a much longer uh, headway over the next, let's say, three to five years instead of maybe one to two years? I don't think it's going to be that fast, unfortunately. I think it should be that fast. Uh, I think it should be much faster than that. Um, but com- companies aren't aren't voluntarily making these these steps uh, themselves, and boards aren't 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 moving that quickly. Um, which again, you know, that's why I think something like DDN, uh, there's value to that because we can be the catalyst to the issue to both accelerate the learning as well as make sure that boards know that there are, there are more people than they expected that can step into the board and contribute uh, to this issue as well as to the broader boardroom agenda. So, so we're an accelerator to that because the issue needs to be accelerated. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a shock to the system. Uh, I think what's going to happen is I think regulators are going to 
come in and force companies to do what so far they've been unwilling to or unable to do themselves. So I think we very well could see uh, a regulatory mandate put in place that would force this issue much like it did with Sarbanes-Oxley and qualified financial experts on the boards. Uh, I think regulators could force qualified technology experts uh, if they don't see the public sector uh, fixing this issue, which clearly they're not. What do you think uh, the timeline is for even proposing a regulation uh, such as this? Well, a couple of regs have been proposed. Um, you really? know, the Cybersecurity Disclosure Act that's been proposed, that's languishing. It's been proposed twice. Uh, died in 2015 and resurrected in 2017 with the new Congress. But that that's a simple disclosure requirement. So who on the board has a cybersecurity skill set? So And if you don't have the skill set, what are you doing about it, right? So nobody would want to explain why they don't need that skill set or to try to uh, – you know, labor through an issue of how they're dealing with it without the proper skills. So they would just put the skill set on the board. That's the easy answer, right? Um, the SEC just came out with regulation or not regulation guidance this week uh, or, or, or uh, an awareness memo, if you will, around internal controls over um, cybersecurity fraud. So spoofing. So someone posing as an executive and asking for uh, a wire transfer. So, so they did a, a fairly lengthy uh, investigation into this issue around nine different companies and came out with a mem- memorandum uh, to, to raise the awareness of this issue and possibly link it back to Sarbanes-Oxley because it was an in- internal controls linkage, right? So that's what Sarbanes-Oxley was about, the whole you know financial fraud, financial reporting, integrity, and financial fraud. Um, uh, it feels like they're heading down the path of a Sarbanes-Oxley type of regula- regulatory approach to this issue. Um, nobody is thrilled about that, but, but frankly, if, if companies can't fix it themselves, regulators will do uh, what they do, which is regulate and force companies to, to deal with the issue. What's the biggest hurdle that these companies might be facing to kind of address the issue, address this, you know, <laughs> digital governance specifically around cybersecurity, cyber risk? What is the biggest hurdle to just doing something about it? Yes. Yeah, so, so, well, there's nothing to stop them from solving the problem themselves today. Right. right. Um, the, 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 the hurdles that you hear from the boardroom community, uh, it's generally around uh, these people don't exist that are able to step into the boardroom and contribute to a broader boardroom agenda. Um, so, so we're taking that issue off the table with DDN, right? We're going to curate or we've curated uh, several hundred people. I think it's going to end up being closer to a thousand. Um, when it stabilizes that are ready, willing, and able that have the credentials to be able to step into the boardroom and not just contribute to the technology governance conversation, but the whole board conversation. So making sure that the people are out there and and there's transparency to the fact that there is uh, a contributing professional body uh, of directors here uh, has been the, the biggest argument against this happening. But yeah, again, there's nothing to stop companies from fixing this themselves and fixing it today. There are plenty of digital governance frameworks out there. So, so the the procedures, the guidelines are in existence. There's just no one in the boardroom that can adopt them and apply them. Uh, you know, so so will it take a breach uh, before a company, you know, gets religion around this issue and actually takes steps to deal with it? Will it take some kind of significant? outage, some kind of business continuity disruption that's, that's 
material in the sense of it's not an hour, a minute, it's, it's days, it's weeks, um, or will it take regulatory uh, enforcement uh, on the issue? Um, still to be seen, but fix the problem today. It's always easier to fix it yourself than to have somebody to force you to fix it in the way that you think that, or the way that they think it should be fixed. Right. Well said. Very well said. And when I think about this and the fact that, you know, a lot of this just isn't happening yet today, companies doing it on their own. And certainly there are constraints maybe around talent and so forth and just getting the right people connected to the right companies. But at the end of the day, these directors are, you know, fiduciary has have a fiduciary responsibility and cyber risk is certainly as as the sec is now as you're describing um sent out a recent memorandum on, on spoofing uh the directors have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that they understand the risks and they understand the mitigating factors uh, and what the overall potential cost or loss is to the business by perhaps not addressing that risk right yeah uh, so with that kind of, if I'm a director and I've, I, I know I've got that responsibility um, that I also share with the other directors in the company, wouldn't that be the number one uh, agenda item is to get somebody uh, kind of in the group or, or to spearhead a cybersecurity committee? Yeah. And, and, you know, duty of care, right? That's what you're referring to. So, uh, you know, and so, some boards uh, have, think that they can deal with the issue by having experts step into the boardroom. I, I don't think this lends itself to uh, to that kind of a solution over time because the issue is too volatile, right? Mm-hmm. Cybersecurity is not like other risks uh, in a business because it can it can infiltrate an organization uh, in one particular point and then just proliferate uh, much, much faster uh, than, than any other type of risk that, that a board would typically be expected to address. Uh, so, so it's not just having somebody kind of fly in and, and talk about these issues. You need somebody on the board that really understands them. And it's not just asking, t- having board members to ask questions uh, the questions are meaningless if you don't understand the answers. You need somebody that understands the answers. So, so, so yes, it starts with with getting uh, that digital director uh, on the board. Fortunately, there are plenty of them out there uh, that are ready, willing, and able to to help step into the boardroom. Uh, it's going to make it happen. Thanks for positioning that, Bob. If uh, CISO, the Chief Information Security Officer, or a, a board director, a board member, or perhaps somebody is wearing both of those hats right now, is listening to this, uh, what's the best way they can begin to gather the right information to propose this, uh, this scenario to their own board membership? Yeah, uh, join DDN. It's, it's free. It's a free membership uh, professional association. And it's, it, it's, it's free for a reason because we want to solve the problem. Uh, and so the people that are, that are sponsoring us to do this, NTT Security, uh, is a big advocate for this because they want their clients and their customers in the marketplace to get better at these issues. Um, and so they want the stakeholder in the boardroom. It's good for business. Uh, it's, it's good for their customers to fix this issue from the top. Um, so, so there is no membership fee. Uh, get on board and you'll start to learn about these issues. The challenge 
uh, the immediate challenge for CISOs and CIOs is to make the distinction between managing these issues and governing these issues. So we're, we're educating them around, around governance, right, which is much different than, than managing an issue. And we're also taking directors and getting them more, more digitally competent. Uh, so, so, so that's, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Um, so, so get on board and, you know, be a part of the professional association and be a part of the movement and uh, be a part of the solution. No, no pun intended there, huh? Get on board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, if folks here want to get a hold of you, Bob, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, Bob at digitaldirectors.network. Um, and you see a contact form on the site too. So um, Excellent. both of those work. Uh, if you were to you know, look ahead, and I, I try to ask every uh, guest on our podcast this question, you know, if you were to look ahead to two to five years, uh, what do you see really changing uh, in the industry? Yeah, I, I think 10 years from now, we won't be having this conversation because uh, directors will be a lot more digitally proficient um, and all directors will be a lot more digitally proficient. So the problem will be solved. Uh, I'd like it to be solved uh, in a shorter time frame, this is an issue uh, that, that um, everyone acknowledges uh, is a problem. Uh, there are solutions that can be deployed and put in place uh, immediately to, to fix the problem. Uh, so it's a problem worth fixing, right? And it's a solution that's well within our reach. So, so let's fix it and let's, let's uh, you know, address an issue that's squarely in the public interest and then move forward from, from a position of strength. That sounds excellent. Thank you, Bob, and, and thanks for joining the podcast today, sharing our, your knowledge with our listeners. I appreciate that. Um, and again, uh, for everybody out there, uh, that was uh, Bob Zukas from Digital Directors Network. Bob, would you like to leave our listeners with any last uh, parting thoughts? Yeah, thanks, Chad. Digital success starts at the top, and let's start now. All right, that was uh, Bob Zukas. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Thanks for listening to the Business of Security podcast. A special thanks to today's guest, Bob Zukas. Our host today was Chad Beckman, founder and CEO of Secure Digital Solutions. Connect with Chad on LinkedIn and learn more about Secure Digital Solutions online at TrustSDS.com. Our next podcast episode features Kristen Judge, CEO and president of the Cybercrime Support Network. You've been listening to the Business of Security podcast, and that's a wrap.